You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the Amazon Prime original series, Good Omens. Today we're talking about the last episode, episode six, the very last day of the rest of their lives. I'm JD. I'm Seal. Did you watch it? All right, so we said at the end of last episode, everybody's in place. Armageddon has started. The four horsemen have taken over control of all of the world's computers to start a nuclear holocaust. And Adam and his friends have showed up with Crowley, Aziraphale, Shadwell, Madam Tracy, Pulsifer, and Anathema, ready to go at it. The gang's all here. Yeah, let's throw down, boy. Time to rumble. So, it first starts with Adam's little friends fighting... Uh, the Four Horsemen. Which, didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming at all. And so, the Four Horsemen are fairly easily defeated. I mean, let's just throw this out there. Yeah, they kind of like, just went out like chumps. Yeah, pollution dies. I believe in a clean environment. Boof. Famine. I believe in people eating food and healthy food at that. Poof. Poof. Of war. I believe in peace. Boom. Boom. And then Death's like, eh, you can't really kill me, so right, whatever. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna take my leave, and we'll meet again eventually. Yeah. Because yeah, if you kill, I come for all of you, right? If you ta- if you take out Death, reality will just basically cease to exist because I have to be here. Yeah, you know. And what does Death care if he takes everybody out at once or one at a time? He's coming yeah. for you eventually, anyway. So yeah. he's gonna he he gets his due. So whatever. Right. So Adam is refusing to start Armageddon, which is his only role as the Antichrist. Like, you were basically created for this purpose. Your one job. And he's like, nah, I'm good. You had one job. So Gabriel and Beelzebub show up, and basically they they have a little convo, and then they go tell Adam, hey, you got to do this. This is what you're here for. We're ready to go. War's got to start. Right? If we don't have a war... We're not going to know who wins the war, so we need to start the war, and it's up to you to start the war. So go ahead, start the war. Start the war. And Crowley and Aziraphale are like, hang on. We all know this is part of the great plan, but is this part of the ineffable, ineffable plan? <gasps> Maybe this was God's ineffable, ineffable plan word again. all the time. Maybe he doesn't really want Armageddon to happen. Maybe this is really what he wants to happen. Do you know? You don't, do you? Because it's ineffable. Yeah, exactly. So look it up, kids. Yeah. You you don't know. And so both sides are like, dang it. Since we don't know, and since he's refusing to start it, maybe there's something to this ineffable plan. Mm-hmm. So let's not fight. Yeah. Maybe Aziraphale was right the whole time. But Beelzebub is like, your father will hear about this. <laughs> right. So my question from last episode, are we going to get to see his dad? And we do, because Adam's dad is Satan. <laughs> so Satan shows up, and very typical Satan looking. I mean, he's enormous, red and with the horns. The whole, all the shtick and all the tropes you can imagine. Right. And so he basically shows up to destroy Adam. He's like, you, your only reason that I have you is for you to destroy the world and to start Armageddon so that the armies of heaven and hell can fight. You're not doing it. You're useless to me. And Adam, in a crushing blow, uses words 
and says, you're not my real dad. No. <laughs> you're not my father. You didn't raise me. You don't love me. You don't get to show up when you want after 11 years and say that you're my dad. No. No, sir. No, sir. My dad is that chump over there. And so by renouncing Satan as his father, Satan like disintegrates. I don't know if he's dead. I don't think he's dead. I think he just kind of was like, eh. He was wounded. He was cut real deep. I mean, come on. You're, 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 you're one and only offspring says, you're not my dad. Right. But I mean. I mean, come on. Words hurt. The words do hurt. But I mean, that's not. Adam's not wrong. Like, you, you think that all you can tell me what to do now after 11 years of having someone else raise me? You know, that's yeah, not. The kid's got a point. Yeah, he's yeah, he definitely has a point. So Satan goes away and Adam's real dad shows up. And Adam it seems like he becomes human at this point. I don't know if he really does though, because he still has a lot of power. Because one of the first things he does is to restore the world back to the way it was before any of this happened. Yeah, he kinda hits a little reset button there. Right. So like Aziraphale's bookshop is five. Yeah. Uh Crowley's Bentley that exploded after burning is fine. It's fine, which is great because that car is just oh, so it's sweet. just tremendous. Mm. And everything seems fine. Like Aziraphale and Crowley are hanging out eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're like, huh. I feel like uh I feel like our sides are kind of probably be mad at us. But they may just leave us alone. You know, they're dealing with their own thing. Maybe they won't bother us. And of course, immediately they are both taken into custody mm-hmm. and are tried for their respective crimes. And I don't understand I understand Crowley. Crowley, you know, doing what he did was wrong, but a zero fail preventing, you know, total destruction of the earth and protecting life in it, you know, seems like that would not be something that you would really be put on trial for and sure. convicted of immediately. Sure. And if he was indeed acting in, in, in uh, service of the ineffable plan, right. Then he was actually doing the right thing and he, sh- there's nothing he, he didn't, there shouldn't be tried for anything. Right. So they're both found guilty with this, farce of a trial <laughs> like oh kangaroo courts all the way yeah absolutely and so what's interesting though is what their their punishment is to be destroyed and they're clearly in contact with each each side is kind of talking to each other so in hell the archangel michael brings down some holy water a bathtub full of a bathtub full of holy an water. actual bathtub full of holy water right in heaven uh, Aziraphale is going to be put into hellfire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hellfire would kill an angel. Holy wire would, would kill a demon. That's what we've established in the in the rules of this universe. And right. So- and the poor little round demon that's that just gets thrown into the holy water to get tested, like wrong place, wrong time. It's just terrible. I feel so bad for that little roly. That's just terrible. Terrible. But we had to know. We had to see that it was real. Right. And that's what they say. It's not that we don't trust you, Michael, but we don't trust but you. But we don't trust you. So let's trust but verify. Right. So Crowley gets in the bathtub. Aziraphale steps into the hellfire and has zero effect on either one of them. 
Yeah, Zerfeld's got his, you know, Shadrach moment where he's just walking around in there. Woo, look at me, I'm walking right. around the fire. Right, like chewing on his nails. Yeah. Crowley's in the bathtub, like splashing around. He's like, like oh, this is nice. <laughs> what are we going to do now? And both sides are kind of like, ooh, have they really turned the other way? Like, like well, the, and, and the punishment's been meted out. So, yeah. Now what do you do? Right. So Crowley tells Hell, they're like, why don't you just leave us alone now? Leave me alone. You don't want nothing to do with me. Yeah, you don't want none of this. And uh, I loved Gabriel when, like, Aziraphale was trying to talk to him about the ineffable plane. He's like, shut your stupid mouth and die. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's only John Ham can deliver that <laughs> <Yeah>. line. <laughs> and just die. Just die. So, after they both survive, they go back to Earth. And back on Earth, we find out that they switched bodies. Boom. Because Agnes Nutter... Once again, warn them with a prophecy, like, be cognizant of your faces. Be careful of who sees you, basically. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, huh, something's up here. And so as part of their plan, they just switch bodies. And now they switch back. And they do think that they will be left alone for a little while. Who knows how long, yeah. honestly. It's like, hey, are they going to really leave us alone? Yeah, for a while. But, you know, something will come up and somebody will get, you know, be in their bonnet. and Yeah. But for now, hey, everything's cool. Everything's cool. So they decide to go have lunch at the Ritz, where a table is miraculously opened up. Oh my goodness, how could that be? Right. I wish I could get a table at the Ritz whenever I wanted. I mean, yeah. not that I could afford it, but... But, I a, mean, if you could get it whenever you wanted it, right? I mean, you would obviously build in the, yeah. I can afford this. Truly. I mean, if you've been around for 6,000, you should probably have some cash stashed away. Oh, I imagine they're, I mean, they're, they're both clearly loaded. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. And then we get updates of everybody else. So let's start with Shadwell and Madam Tracy. Madam Tracy is no longer Madam Tracy. She's an ex-harlot. Mm-hmm. She's a respectable member of society now. Right. And so she invites Mr. Shadwell over to her house to sit down at the dinner table with her mm -hmm. and to have a meal. Ooh. And they talk about a future together, about how they go somewhere else mm -hmm. and kind of start a new life. Just the two of them. It'd be nice to have a man around to help me out. Yeah. And Shadwell's like, okay, I got to ask you a question. How many nipples do you got? Just the two. Just the two. Well, that'll well, work right then. then. Yeah. Congratulations to you. And then Anathema and Pulsifer are now boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Anathema surprised Pulsifer with that news when they were fighting the Four Horsemen, which is good for him. Congratulations. And she gets the continued version of Agnes's prophecies. Mm -hmm. More prophecies going forward. And you would think having lived her whole life kind of dictated by these prophecies, she would uh, keep the book. Mm. Don't you think? I mean, understand I the importance of it. That, would, that it wouldn't even be a thought to it. It would just be, oh, yeah, okay, this is what I did. Right. But she disagrees. And she's like, I don't want Agnes telling me what I am and I'm not going to do. Because maybe there's things that I wouldn't have done or I would have done if I didn't have to follow these prophecies. So I don't want to know. I'm going to burn them. So she burns it. And Pulsifer is cool with that. And now we have no idea what the continued prophecies would be. I mean, they'd have been loaded too. 
I mean, like, invest in Apple. Come on now. Yeah. Well, I mean, Anathema's got, you know, her family got money because of yeah. that whole Apple stock yeah. thing. So what does she care? Yeah. She's, she's, good. she's good. Right. She got the boy. And, oh, yeah. Jack Whitehall. And, and Pulsifer's just riding the coattails, so he's cool. Yeah. Witch Hunter. He can he can get rid of his silly little Reliant Robin now. Right. And then uh, Adam and his friends, we don't much see his friends. We already knew what they were going to turn into. But Adam has been grounded for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. But he does ask his mom, hey, can I go in the garden with the dog so then get some exercise? And mom says, yeah, that's totally fine. And he's able to make a bush disappear and the dog runs away. He's like, oh, I got to chase you. Got to get the dog. So he still has some of his powers, but it's kind of back to normal. You know, back yeah. to being a young, carefree 11-year-old. Hopefully those powers don't, you know, multiply and he start using them for bad. But everybody seems happy. Even dog. Even dog. So Crowley and Aziraphale are eating lunch at the Ritz. Apparently a nightingale sings in Berkeley Square, whatever that means. I think it's a song. And there you go. Everything worked out. And it's like it never happened. Yep. And that's where the series ends. And that's where series one ends. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a sequel. Maybe not. They're maybe, in talks. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. We, we may get another one. I mean, I wouldn't watch it. I would watch it in the season. If they, if they can come up with a compelling yeah. story, I, I, I feel like I'm invested in these characters to a degree. And yeah. And I'd lo- I would like to see them do more things. Yeah. Azir, Phil, and Crowley were great. Yeah. Loved them, and they were enough to drive me to watch another season, for sure. Definitely. So, let's go back to Anathema for a moment. Burning the the new prophecies, the continued prophecies. Mm. And saying, no, I'm good. I want to just know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, what about, I mean, one, it's, you're throwing away an entire way of life. That you knew. Sure. A life of certainty in favor of a life of uncertainty. Sure. And is it better to live your life not knowing exactly what's coming next every single time? Is it better to live and to adapt to things that happen and to let life happen? And then, because don't you think you wouldn't grow as a person? If you knew how to react to everything, that you could just offhandedly uh, make this choice or make that choice and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me that, you know, you, you, you wouldn't grow, you wouldn't develop any character. You, she's surprisingly a well-adjusted and, you know, person of character. Sure. Given all the stuff that she knows. So. Yeah. I mean, I know that the prophecy started picking up as I got closer to the end time. So, like, uh, who knows how often she was getting prophecies growing up. But, you know, having someone dictate how you live your life, how you, the decisions that you have to make, where you got to be at certain times, it's got to get old. It's got to get tiresome. And, uh, you know, she's found, she's found something different now. She's mm-hmm. found a, something to be with that doesn't know anything about that way of life. So she's like, I don't know that I want that anymore. Yeah. I've, I've lived my whole life waiting for this moment, knowing that I was going to be the one that had to deal with this situation. I've dealt with it. 
it's time to move on. That chapter of my life is closed, and I don't need Agnes dictating the next chapter of my life or my kids' lives or anybody else around me that's not necessary. So I agree with you. She probably will grow more in not having people tell you how to live your life and how to react and how to respond in certain situations and making you choose certain things. You're able to figure out who you are and what you want, and there's nothing wrong with that. Which leads us into, sort of dovetails into the idea of the ineffable plan. Okay. So perhaps there is a plan, but the fact that it is ineffable is a good thing. We don't need to know. That's the thing I think. We don't need to know every little detail. Well, how boring would life be if you knew everything that was coming Goodness gracious, it would be so dull. It's I love pleasant surprises. I don't love non-pleasant surprises, but... I'm able to learn from them. Sure. But when you're pleasantly surprised by something, it's always like, oh, it's delightful. Yeah. Way to go me. Yeah. I'm happy that I found that out mm-hmm. and that I know that now. So, yeah. I And it takes the, it, and I think it to a degree takes a burden off of your shoulders that you're not having to be responsible to this plan that you know and, oh, I must carry out the plan. Well, if it is in fact ineffable, I'm just going to go do what I believe to be the right thing in a given moment and, you know, celebrate the victories and learn from my mistakes. Sure. Absolutely. That's the way you should go. You know, we all expect certain things to happen. We all want certain things to happen, but when they don't, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, man, men plan and God laughs. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, (laughs) yeah. Only perfect contentions, you know, never perfect plans. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a few things that the series made me think about, you know, and we usually talk about this in the last ep- of a, episode of a series, you know, like, do I have to, like we talked about last episode, do I have to live my life a certain way? Am I pigeonholed in to following a certain path because that's kind of where my life is leading or am I able to take turns? Am I able to make changes? I'm able to make decisions that change what my future was supposed to be into something different because I want to. Sure. Well, and there's, there's in life, I had an old, old pastor put it like this, there's, there's right turns and there's wrong turns, clearly. Yeah. There's also left turns and right turns. Yeah. And you know what? Make the left turn, make the right turn. It's fine. Yeah. It, the, the trick is learning the difference. Yeah. Between the right and the wrong, hey, this is a right and a wrong thing, right. okay, I should choose the right thing. But then you come up to another junction, and oh, this is just the, okay, at the end of the day, this is just a left or a right. Okay, well, what the heck, I'll go left. Right. As long as you take the time to make an informed decision, you know, that's not that doesn't mean either outcome is going to be wrong, or either outcome is going to sure. be right. You know, it's just going to be the outcome that you picked. And that's okay. Like, people get so crippled and paralyzed, like, oh, I I really got to make sure that I make the right decision here. And if I don't make the right decision here, it's going to just ruin my life and everybody else's life forever. When the two options are both fine. They're both fine. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have to decide between two jobs, like, in your career, either one is probably fine, you know? And and I know we look back on life and like, oh, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that, I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. I agree with you. That is absolutely true. But that doesn't mean that if you hadn't done this and hadn't done that, that life would be terrible. Sure. You know, 
and people are like, oh, I'm so glad I made this decision. I made the, I really made the right choice there. Well, how do you know? You don't know because you weren't, didn't take that other path. So you have no idea what the outcome would have been, you know? So don't be so crippled and afraid of to make a decision to take a risk and to and if do you something. Make a wrong choice, learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. That's don't a big stick thing your to... finger in that light socket again. Right, right. You, yeah, you can eat magma once. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Never again. It's Never fine. Again. Never again. So I enjoyed this series. And I, I did too. I thought it was it was a fun ride and. Uh, like like we said, we would be more than happy to watch a season two. If there is a season two, we will be sure and cover it on Recap.fm. We but will. for now, that is the end of our coverage of Good Omens on Amazon Prime. We appreciate everybody who's listened and stuck with us along the way. It's been a fun ride. To keep hearing from us, you should check out our website, Recap.fm. We have a mailing list that you can get on. We'll get emails from us sporadically, periodically, giving you content we think that you'll be interested in. We will never give you spam. No not, spam. Not what we're about. I hate spam. It's disgusting. Yeah. Just, if you if you like podcasts and television and people covering it, we want to give you some information we think yeah. that you Because chances are, this isn't the only show you watch. Right. And chances are, if you like this kind of show, you like the same kind of shows we like. Yeah. And hey, maybe we're talking about it. Right. And you could always join in the conversation on those. Absolutely. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. And we talk about a lot about this stuff. And we love to interact with people who listen all the time. So Twitter, mine is at RealJDLee. I am at Seal Adams. And that's S-E-A-L-E-A-D-A-M-S. And you can always follow our network's Twitter at RecapFM. So like we said, this is the last episode of Good Omens. We've had a good time. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen, to review, to interact with us. We really do appreciate it. Until the next show that we're on, either together or separate, we hope you enjoy whatever you're watching and whatever you're listening to.